Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's Scott here from Woke Societies, here to drop another amazing episode of content. And it feels so good to be back here, guys. Um, I got my layout finally figured out. You guys will be able to read along with me. The live stream on Sunday went absolutely fantastic. It's getting better, and it's, I'm just so excited about this channel in general. It's it's getting it's just getting to that point where I just you know I already love doing this, but it the love keeps getting bigger and bigger, and the support keeps growing as well. So thank you guys for joining me today. Thank you guys for the podcast out there. Thank you for everyone that has been listening, throwing me money, uh, supporting this channel financially, sponsors. You guys have been fantastic. Just want to throw out a quick thank you to all of my lovely fans out there. So I have a big announcement to make as far as a guest that I'm going to be interviewing Friday. It's not going to be live, but it's going to be recorded, and it'll be out probably Friday afternoon. And let's switch over here. We are going to be interviewing Douglas Belmore. And if you guys, you, everyone knows Red Pill, everyone knows Methods. I tried getting him. Um, I didn't even know he was going on their show. Uh, this is, I, I always call him Professor Q. He was on the sh- um, Red Pill show talking about his channel, um, his story, where he, why he started the Q University. Um, but he's going to be on with, uh, with me on Friday and we're going to interview, talk to him about his journey and just to get to know him a little bit because he's starting a school here and it looks like. Let me pull up his YouTube. His unit, his YouTube here is called Q, Q University, and he just breaks down Q the uh, drops, and he, you know, he's he he's very knowledgeable of Q, and he's a teacher, and his his backstory is absolutely crazy. So, we're going to be interviewing him Friday. I meant to make that announcement on on Sunday, but I completely forgot with the chaos of the stream right beforehand, and I was trying to take care of a million other things. So, that is that. So. That is going to be very big. So that will be out hopefully Friday. That is my only day off. So that is why I had to choose Friday to do that interview. But either way, it's going to be fantastic. And I know you guys will enjoy it. So let's just jump into the beginning of the show here. Um, Obviously, you guys know the YouTube channel. You guys can subscribe, like, share, comment, as you guys always do. Just hit that like button. It gets this episode out there organically. You guys can go to my Patreon, become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. You can donate more. That is completely up to you. My BitChute and my WokeSocieties.com webpage with all of my podcasting platforms. So you can download my episodes on the go. And of course, if you guys are feeling even more generous, you could always give me the one-time gift to PayPal.me slash WokeSocieties. It is very appreciated. And it's going to support this news channel that I absolutely love doing for you guys every single day. Every single episode I make, I thoroughly enjoy it. So what are we going to start with today? Today we're going to start with news that broke yesterday, and I linked up a Q proof to it. There was a bunch of people talking about this. I was looking for it as well, so I tweeted about it. But you guys heard the big news yesterday from Tom Fitton. Federal court orders deposition of Hillary Clinton on emails and Benghazi attack records Rules prior testimony left many more questions than answers. So Tom Fitton is going to be getting his... I don't know if he's going to be actually the one grilling Hillary in court, but somebody is. And I don't know if this is this is going to be overhyped, if this is going to be... I don't know. 
something that isn't going to really go anywhere. If anything, it's going to make her look even worse as far as her emails and Benghazi. But I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. But we're going to see what happens. And she has 75 days um, to to respond, I believe, or 75... Whatever the 75 days is, she has either to respond or until she has that court date. Um, but either way, I wanted to just show you guys this Q proof here. This is a one-year delta with a screenshot of Trump's tweet saying, by, cro- by crooked Hillary. And today we received breaking news that Hillary Clinton will be back in federal court over her leaked emails and Benghazi one year to the date. What are the chances? And this is 2915. Q calls out Hillary's Twitter banner image. This was on March 2nd, 2019, guys. This is why I thought this was this was something to, to mention. So we, we get this deposition that she's gonna be de- uh, she's gonna be in court again. And March 2nd and March 2nd line up with the original drop. And Trump tweeted in his tweet here, oh I see now that the two-year uh, Russian collusion case has fallen apart, there was no collusion except by crooked Hillary. And here you are. It wasn't BY. He put BYE as in waving goodbye. And the Democrats, they say, gee, I have an idea. Let's look at Trump's finances and every deal he's ever done. Let's follow discredited Michael Cohen. So, who knows, guys? This, we'll see what happens with this. But I thought it was very interesting regardless. But I feel that's a huge Q proof. It's a one year delta. And what's really interesting here, that was post 2915. We have here, I want to throw in 2725. Clinton's public health will begin to rapidly deteriorate. And I remember this drop. Um, I was awake by this point when these drops were first coming out. And the the post says chatter, Bill and Hillary's public health will begin to rapidly deteriorate. So I thought it was interesting that... She has 75 days to respond to this. Is that 75 days in that time frame? Is, she's obviously going to wait to the last moment. Is something going to come up with the coronavirus that she may have gotten something or she's ill or some, she's she's had this disease for some kind of disease for a long time and now she's just publicly coming out with it? And what is going to show up? Is she going to use this as an excuse to get out of this, deposit, out of this deposition because she's going to be under oath at that point, and that is the last thing she wants right now. The last thing. So I'm just curious to see what's going to happen between now and that time, that 75 days she has. It's going to be very interesting. But the other thing, too, I wanted to show you guys is this other drop here, 747. This is this is going back. It's called Slave Gardens. Flowers and gardens, learn the hidden symbolism. What does flower represent? What does deflower represent? And this was, I got this from Julian's Rum here. Hillary put out a tweet yesterday and she deleted it. And of course, we got screenshots of it. She dropped this tweet here. My mother was never happier than when she was in a garden. She passed that love along to me and her, her daughter, Chelsea Clinton, and we're excited to share the magic of growing things with the people you love in Grandma's Gardens. Hope to see you on our tour next month. And here's a picture with, obviously, Hillary and her daughter, Chelsea. But it's interesting because Julian kept uh, diving deeper here. Hillary tweets code 
about gardens, including graphic with evergreens. And you can see it here, the evergreens. 116 Washington state health officials announced three new virus deaths bring total to five in state and U.S. Washington equals evergreen state, evergreen hospital deaths. And right here, we heard the Washington state health officials announced three new virus deaths bring total to five in the U.S. We were talking about this on the live stream just Sunday. But whenever I hear these things, they trigger these, uh, they trigger me to remember um, some Q posts. All you have to do, guys, is this isn't hard to do. When something comes out, you just search it in QMAP.pub, and it highlights that word that you're, um, that's whatever that's that's typed in, and you could just link things and just you know drop uh, Q proofs everywhere. You know, that's how I got queued originally. I just it, it wasn't. It took me three minutes to throw in the um, the one about Admiral Rogers, and I got po- I got queued in post thirty seven forty about something big is coming. You know, it's not hard. Anyone can do this, guys. I'm I'm not special. I'm not special by any means. So I thought this was just interesting that to draw these links between what Q is talking about with the uh, slave gardens. And we can go, I'm not going to go into depth with the slave gardens, but I've talked about this before. Um, most of you know what that is referring to. So we got that going on. Other big news that just dropped. This came out yesterday, and this, guys, this to me is more exciting than Hillary knows as far as the future of this channel and in f- the futures of the new age of media that is bursting at the seams to take over. Um, this is from National Review. Bar taking over antitrust probes of Silicon Valley tech companies. Attorney General William Barr has tightened his control of the Justice Department's antitrust probes over the last several months, a move that could spell trouble for Google Facebook, and other Silicon Valley tech giants. The Attorney General, along with his Deputy Attorney General, Jeffrey Rosen, and several other officials have personally taken over the antitrust probes, Politico reported Monday. The move made good on a promise Barr made during his confirmation hearing when he vowed antitrust issues would be a priority for him. I think a lot of people wonder how such huge behemoths that now exist in Silicon Valley have taken shape under the nose of the antitrust enforcers, Barr said at the time. Barr's more focused oversight of the probes has effectively pushed aside the head of the DOJ's antitrust division, Assistant Attorney General Makem Delrium. Because of Delrium's previous legal work for Google, he and the official um, directly under him, Deputy, Deputy Assistant Attorney General Barry Nigro, were both recused from the Google investigation as of earlier this month. Barr, a former attorney for Time Warner and Verizon, dealt with antitrust issues in that capacity. I didn't know that before. A fact that critics of Silicon Valley have said have said gives them more faith in him despite the increased pressure on the companies. And that's good because I didn't know he had prior experience with antitrust with Time Warner and Verizon. So that does give these big tech giants some kind of um, feeling of fairness that would be coming from all this. But either way, this is great news. Uh, Reddit CEO Steve Huffman said last year that the law has encouraged good faith attempts to mitigate the unavoidable downsides of free expression. Catherine O'Hiam, Google's global head of intellectual property policy, has agreed, saying the statute incentivizes action against harmful content. So, of course, big tech giants, they're against um, any kind of more pressure of their companies. But the problem is right now, especially with YouTube, Anything that's labeled a conspiracy theory, anything that's labeled any kind of truth gets rolled into hate speech and conservative content, which we all know is completely censored. We're censored all the time. Just simple retweets and likes on Twitter are 
or banished. You have to hit the uh, the heart button 500 times to like certain tweets about Trump. It's just sketchy, shadowy, behind-the-scenes BS that we all know is there. Silicon Valley acts like it's not happening, but we all know it's happening. But this is why AJ Barr is going to tighten the noose and get down to the bottom of it and hopefully change some of these laws. And guys, when this happens, this is going to open up a complete new doorway for podcast YouTube channels. The demonetization of channels will stop, I'm hoping. You know, that we'll have to see. This is probably going to be two or three years before we are completely unlocked to do what we need to do to get the unbiased truth out there. And guys, I can't wait. The future is bright, and I'm telling you right now, now is the best time to start a podcast on YouTube because by then, the market's going to be completely saturated. So if you're thinking about doing anything like this, now is the time to build your build your base, get your name out there before everyone else tries to jump in on the action. So big, big news as well here. Trump campaign sues Washington Post for libel over false defamatory statements about Russia conspiracy. And this is great, guys, because... Um, I, it was uh, the New York Times that he went after first, and now the Washington Post, the Amazon Washington Post, is being sued for libel, for libel lawsuit. So the Trump campaign filed a libel lawsuit against the Washington Post for millions of dollars on Tuesday for publishing false and defamatory statements about an alleged conspiracy with Russia, which has completely fallen apart by this point. The complaint obtained by Fox News was filed in the U.S. District Court in Washington, D.C. by attorney David C. Tobin and Charles J. Harder. It points to a pair of post articles published in June 2019 that included statements trying tying the Trump campaign to foreign campaign interference. And God, I'm so tired of talking about that. The statements were and are 100% false and defamatory. The complaint alleges the post was aware of the falsity at the time it published them, but did so for the intentional purpose of hurting the campaign while misleading its own readers. In the process, senior legal advisor to Donald Trump for President Incorporated Jenna Ellis said in a statement, adding the post reported a conspiracy as a fact. And let's not forget the complaint called the remark called the remark false and defamatory, noting that the opposite is actually true. And Trump sues New York Times for libel over Russia. The Mueller report concluded that there was no conspiracy between the campaign and the Russia government, and no U.S. person intentionally coordinated with Russia's efforts to interfere with the 2016 election. The complaint said. And that includes everybody in Donald Trump's um, campaign, which we all knew. We've known this for years. But the reason why I believe this is huge, guys, let's go to Q post number 818. And guys, I'm digging in. I'm going in deep here with the Q drops. These are the older ones, but they're very, very relevant. Libel laws and end of mainstream media. And this was a uh, this is from February 23rd, 2018. Uh, this is going back. A screenshot where Q, the original post is February yeah, 23rd. Who do you think is leaking the info? Take a wild guess. Analyze shooter. Voices in his head. We know we are taking action behind the scenes. CNN was set up. Stupid. I don't remember what this was in reference to. But either way, the end of the uh, drop is the most important. It says libel laws, end of mainstream media, Q. And look what we have here. We have one against Washington Post. And now the New York also before that was the New York Times. So he hasn't gone after CNN yet, which is, I believe, the worst of them. But we have ABC, MSNBC. We have all of them. So this is the domino effect, ladies and gentlemen. 
we are seeing so many things happen and the people that keep saying, nothing's happening. You just, you aren't, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell people that message me that all the time anymore. Cause you want to say nasty things, but it's just, I, I just don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. So as we continue here, because it wouldn't be an episode without having some kind of um, information about the coronavirus, this was pretty uh, interesting to see. We have on Twitter here, Ryan Saavedra um, tweeting here, Democrat Denver Councilwoman Candy Kobaka, however the, uh, gee, can people, I don't know. <laughs> some of these names are just crazy. Says that she stands in solidarity with someone who says that they, if, if they get the coronavirus, that they will attend as many Trump rallies as possible. She appears to have made this statement on her government Twitter account. And this is now deleted. I don't know if I have, yeah, there's a smaller one. And she retweeted it. And it says, hashtag solidarity, yes. With a bunch of emojis, you know, face, you know, fist up, okay symbol. And a lot of people calling for her job. And you know what? The comment section alone, alone on this was absolutely worth it. Let me see if I can just go into here real quick. Uh, we, a bunch of people saying you should be ashamed of yourself for wanting Americans to die because of their political views. You're a disgusting person. You must resign. Uh, Mark Dice threw in, you should resign from the city council immediately, you evil, soulless woman. And yeah, it, as the comments, they just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And if you go down to her uh, Twitter, her actual Twitter account, it says this tweet's unavailable. What a surprise. What a surprise. So this, these are the people that we have um, in some of these uh, Democratic states. This is, this is what they want. They want people to get... Uh, sick and they want to try to go to Trump rallies and just, you know, get more people sick that have just because of their political views. It's absolutely disgusting, disgusting. And it always feels like we're bashing the Democrats all the time, which they deserve. But if this is Republicans as well, because I don't want people to think I'm, I'm more of a Republican. I'm more of an independent. I don't trust politicians on either side. They're, they're both part of the swamp. But if this is Republican and this was going after Democrat, I'd feel the same way. It's disgusting behavior. And you just got to be better than this. You're a councilwoman. You're a government official. What are you doing? Come, well, you got you to gotta think before you, you just do these things. But either way. So let's go over this one real quick. This was, uh, this was crazy. So this is from the Gateway Pundit. Obama holdover made the call to fly coronavirus patients back to the U.S. from Japan, then boasted about it. This is why this scum that's still in D.C., these Obama holdovers, there's still some remaining. They need to go. This, this would made me irate, and it also made the president irate. President Trump was reportedly furious after a State Department doctor ignored the president's orders and allowed Americans sick with the coronavirus to return to the U.S. from Japan. Dr. William Waters, Executive Director and Managing Director for Operational Medicine for the Bureau of Medical Services at the U.S. Department of State, made the decision to bring the patients back to the U.S. So this is uh, Daniel Greenfeld's uh, take on what Walters did. And I didn't realize some of this, but I'm just going to read it to you real quick. Dr. William Walters is still on duty. So he's still he's still working. Um, he still has a job. In 2017, Walters was boasting of prepping more Ebola evacuations even over President Trump's opposition to the practice. And he was once again at the wheel now. 
consulting President Trump was not part of the protocol, even on a major national security issue. At a State Department briefing, Walter stated that the chief of mission right through to the U.S. Embassy is ultimately the head of all executive branch activities. That is the problem right there. So right here, we have Walters, this man that just... The way the system's set up, I guess, right now um, with the U.S. Department of Health, he's the top guy. He's the shot caller. Apparently, he doesn't have to go through the president for this. And I can tell you right now, Trump's going to want that change because he was pissed, really pissed. So Walters got his job in 2011. He's a relic of the Obama era. That doesn't mean that his politics are those of his former boss, but this is not about him. It's about the reality that the White House doesn't make many of the most vital decisions and doesn't even know that they're being made until it's too late. And what that means beyond the politics of the moment is that the people don't decide. You can vote one way or another and the real decisions that matter will still be made by the head of, of a directorate that is a subsection of a bureau that you never heard of but that has, that has a budget and the hundreds of millions a small army at its, at its disposal and will follow whatever the protocol is. This is how the country is really run, and that's the problem. It absolutely is. Something that is um, as as highly just it's just reeking of just all over the news. It's being talked about by everybody. Um, this is something that should run through the president, but I just thought that was interesting. That again, we have a holdover from the Obama administration, just bypassing the president. But apparently, that's how it's. This is how it's always been. So that definitely needs to change. But let's throw some humor in. I got—I don't know if this will be humorous. This is humorous to me, but this is absolutely disgusting. This is a tweet from Donald Trump Jr. here. And this is going to be a video of Mike Bloomberg putting his hands, it looks like, on some food, on some pizza, sucking on his fingers and just touching the coffee, uh, box of Joe coffee right next to it. And I just want to read the tweet. Truly disgusting also shows that Bloomberg has never been around other people in a communal workspace. The fact that he and his influencers put this out thinking it normalizes him is even scarier. Mike, send me one trillion as a retainer and I'll and I'll teach you social media. And I don't know so if you look at the video, it says how to spread coronavirus. I don't know if that was what he put or if this was somebody that was just trolling him and showing how outrageous this is but this must have been a snap uh either a snapchat video originally but it says when in doubt rip the crust off let me uh let me roll this back here see if there is sound i don't know if there is sound no there's no sound so for the people out in podcast world it's just a um a video of mike bloomberg ripping crust off and he's sucking on his fingers and he continues to touch the food and he touches the uh, the box of coffee. And it just, it pisses me off because, like I've said before, I told you guys this before, I drive in my truck when I'm going from um, stop to stop that I'd take care of. I listen to sports radio because there's not really much else to listen to. I don't, I can't listen to news. I, I just, I can't. And I listen to ESPN. They're part of Disney. So they're going to be playing, obviously, Democratic ads and Ever since Trump had his press conference about the uh, coronavirus, they've taken bits and pieces of that. They've doctored it. They manipulated it, which is whatever. You know uh, your pl- your political rival is going to do this. But you, all you hear is um, how incompetent Trump is to deal with a virus like this because he's done it before in New York City. But then you go and see crap like this. It's just like 
I don't get it. Because if if you have to think coming from the other side, if Trump had a video like this, it would be all everyone would be talking about. And I know it's today's Super Tuesday, but it would probably even rival that because of how biased the media is. I don't know. I don't know. So there you go, guys. Just to gross you out a little bit and throw some humor, of course, but it's absolutely disgusting. But speaking of Super Tuesday, which is today, I wanted to cover this because this broke during our live stream. And I didn't even know what was happening. That Buttigieg exited, and he's now backing Biden. And this reeks of absolute quid pro quo. There's that's just me throwing it out there. There's no there's no um, evidence of this. It's just me just um, having just a negative view towards all these people all the time. But this is from the Washington Examiner. And they write, despite his solid showings in Iowa and New Hampshire, Pete Buttigieg had no further path to acquiring a significant portion of Democratic delegates, even in the case of a contested convention. Thus, he dropped out of the race prior to the crucial Super Tuesday race. And in doing so, he may have just reopened a path to the nomination for Joe Biden and his recently salvaged campaign. On Saturday, Biden blew out his competitors in the South Carolina primary, not only winning most delegates, but also proving his dominance among black voters. A bellwether of Democratic success since Michael Dukakis, but between Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders' recent national surge and Michael Bloomberg spending half a billion to cut into Biden's moderate lane, Biden seemed non-viable in too many states to win a significant portion of Super Tuesday delegates. But that is all about to change, ladies and gentlemen. South Carolina and state-specific polling indicated that Biden was probably already on the rise in some southern states, but in California, he seemed likely to miss the 15% threshold at which delegates are awarded. Meanwhile, he didn't seem quite dominant enough to ensure wins in states such as North Carolina. According to Morning Consul, although a 21% plurality of Buttigieg supports deem Sanders their second choice, another 19% would go for Biden or Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren. Even just one-fifth of Buttigieg's support could help Biden cross the 15% threshold in vital districts or even the state of California. So to sum this up, guys, it was very odd to me that Buttigieg seemed he was very he wasn't gonna be giving up just yet. He had he had some momentum. And then we find out that Joe Biden went South Carolina, and not even within a day or two, Buttigieg drops out. He, he drops out. And there was a couple others. I don't um Tom Steyer and the um the other woman. I can't remember her name right now. But guess what? They are all backing Joe Biden now. And it's it stinks because we all know this. We all knew this was going to happen, but now we're actually seeing it happen. This is a complete team up on Sanders. Complete team up. The media is against Sanders. The Democrats are against Sanders. No one on the left side wants Sanders to win besides Sanders' own support. And he's got substantial support, especially from the young voters. And it still says one must also keep in mind that many early voters in California and other states have already cast their vote for Mayor Pete and cannot give it back. Still, Buttigieg's departure marks yet another strange and unexpected twist in a wild, unpredictable race. But this was this was interesting. <laughs> I wanted to throw this in there. Uh, this was from iPod. If you guys, sorry for the people on the podcast that can't see this. It's a picture here of Biden with uh, Beto O'Rourke here. I don't know, uh, what is it? where is this restaurant here? Uh, okay. I don't know what rest threats. Uh, it's called Whataburger, I guess. Whataburger. That's not native here at all. This is not, it's not local to New York. I've never heard of that. But in pursuit of truth, wrote on this day in 1805, 
Julius Caesar shares a root beer float with Academy Award winner Genghis Khan at Rasco's Chicken and Waffles. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. And I just show this picture because we already know what happened with Ukraine with the quid pro quo that Biden's currently under investigation now. And he's got to be loving life a little bit more that his campaign has has revived a little bit, especially winning South Carolina. But now, how many, the first thing we thought was, well, do you think Biden made some backdoor deals with these other, his Democratic rivals um, saying, hey, you back out now, support me. You know, maybe something good things will come to you when you run again in the, in the, in the next election. Who knows? But it's something very interesting to think about. Because it's, it, you guys can see it coming from a mile away. We knew this was going to happen. Um, everyone is out to get Sanders. And that is it started in Iowa with that crappy app um, that Buttigieg was financing. So, And then it just completely crashed. No one knew what the votes were. Bernie was supposed to, you know, it, it just, you guys can see it. You, you don't have to explain every detail of it. But it's absolutely fascinating. And then you go to Donald Trump here who tweeted out yesterday, they're staging a coup against Bernie. And of course, the narrative that the mainstream media is going to throw up is that he, Trump is so afraid of Biden that he's going, that he's fearful, so he's taking digs on social media, whatever whatever you want to call it. Um, but how amazing is it going to be if it ends up being between Biden and Trump and having them two go at it on national television? Like, dear Lord, please sign me up for that every day, all day. It's going to be fantastic. So, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. But, I don't know. But just, uh, and this is what Methods was also talking about. He, he took a quote here from that same article we just read from. It says, which begs the question, was there a quid pro quo, alleged leaked VM from yesterday? So, I, it's, it's crazy, guys. And just to throw in some uh, little news here at the end, Harvey Weinstein is still in the hospital, apparently. And his accusers are outraged that he still awaits sentencing. And we all know why he's waiting. We all know why. Excuse me real quick. He's waiting as long as he can because he knows. He knows. So he's going he's gonna to die. There's no doubt about it. He's not going to survive long. There's really nothing else to read from the article, but... He's still he's still in the hospital, which is absolutely crazy. So, and just to throw in this quick story because we're talking so much politics, I do miss the UFO, alien tech, uh, space force, all those topics, the projects. I miss going over them, but the politics have been just, you know, it's election year, so it's just dominating, dominating everything. I wanted to throw this in here. Physicists sex oh wow, successfully. <laughs> Let's just say physicists levitate large objects with sound waves. And I wanted to bring this up because people, we always get into, our, I get into arguments um, outside the show with friends and family about how the pyramids were made. And I say, well, we were, my opinion is we were definitely helped by ETs, aliens, and they had must have levitating technology and some kind of way to cut the blocks, the stone, perfectly so the pieces would fit. They ain't dragging those up that far. And when you hear architects talk about the pyramids saying they can never, it'd be almost impossible to recreate them now with how they were built. It makes you think. So development for the entire, for the tire industry has focused on minimizing friction between car and road. The key to high speed concepts such as Hyperloop is the 
elimination of friction in transportation, which is why any new land transportation options will be inspired by the goal of decreasing or eliminating friction. Researchers from Brazil and the UK have been able to levitate a 50-millimeter, 2-inch solid polystyrene sphere using acoustic waves. These waves have been used before to levitate objects. However, they did have a threshold, and they're very small. But even so, their study published in Applied Physics Letters discovered that by combining multiple ultrasonic transducers, they were able to levitate objects much larger than the acoustic wavelength. Their setup used three ultrasonic transducers positioned as a tripod, the researchers determined that changing the angle of and number of transducers does not interfere with the setup's ability to levitate a large object. And it's just really cool because I remember seeing um, videos, documentaries. Corey Good talked about all this stuff. David Wilcock talked about these cones that they found on these um, these archeo- archaeological digs from thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. Um, these cones. And from... Readings people have found in tablets and a, a bunch of things that these cones were used to somehow they used to transfer energy and they used sound, they emitted sound, and they were able to make they were able to lift gigantic objects at will. Just saying, the stuff's out there. The stuff's out there. We're just trying to catch up. I swear. I don't remember who said the quote, but we are a species with amnesia. So very interesting. Very interesting. So there you have it, guys. That is the show today. Thank you for joining. So hit the like button, share. Oh, let's hear your comments. Tonight is Super Tuesday. So there's going to be obviously a lot of things going on and all that good stuff. So hit the like button, share, tell your friends and family about this channel. Go to my Patreon. Go to the paypal.me. Send me any kind of gift that you guys would love to give. And, of course, it goes right back to the channel which is all for you guys anyways. Support independent media, ladies and gentlemen. We are the future. We are the news now. So with that, thank you all for listening. Thank you, everybody out there on the podcast. You are appreciated. And until then, stay with me.